Pastor Ray Bentley points out Jesus' power over death. Jesus himself commanded. Young man, rise. He had the power himself to resurrect that boy from the dead. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And when the Lord speaks, even the dead hear him and respond and obey his voice. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. From an earthly point of view, the death of a loved one can seem so final. We'll never see them again. It's almost more than we can bear. But for believers, death is more of a transition, a graduation into a richer life the Lord has prepared for us. And today, we'll discuss Jesus' power over the grave. Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 11. This is a wild story. It says in verse 11, Now it happened the day after that he, Jesus, went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. You know, I love that. I wish I could have been there. I would have loved to have left whatever work schedule I had. And how many, how many would be willing to just, tomorrow, if Jesus showed up in San Diego, forget work, school, let's just go hang out with Jesus, see what happens. And verse 12, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. Now, this is quite a scene. Jesus has... He's got his disciples, but then he's got, he's got a pretty healthy, large crowd following him, walking with him, just to see what would happen from one city to the next, village, really. As they approach the gates of the city that Jesus is focused upon and heading in, they are met by another procession. It's a, a funeral that's taking place. And out front is this woman leading this dirge is, is a grief-stricken woman who we find out is a widow. Her husband has died. This is her only son. And he's being carried by the ancient pallbearers, and there's all these mourners who are wailing, and this deep guttural cry, and playing their flutes and, and, and cymbals, and, and wailing, just crying. You know, the depths of the soul coming out and the, the life of, uh, or the body rather, of this dead boy up in a basket on its way to be buried. There is a man named Joseph Bailey who also knows what the loss of a child is like. In fact, he, along with his wife Mary Lou, lost three sons. They lost one at 18 days after surgery. They lost another son at five years of age to leukemia. And then they lost their third son at 18 years of age after a sledding accident. So when Joe Bailey writes about the loss of a, and the death of a child, people listen. And here's in a book that he wrote in part some of the things he said. Of all deaths, that of a child is most unnatural and the hardest to bear. In Carl Jung's words, it is a period placed before the end of a sentence, sometimes when the sentence has hardly begun. 
We expect the old to die. The separation is always difficult, but it comes as no surprise. But the child, the youth, life lies ahead with its beauty, its wonder, its potential. Death is a cruel thief when it strikes down the young. The suffering that usually precedes death is another reason childhood death is so hard for parents to bear. Children were made for fun and laughter, for sunshine, not for pain. And they have a child's heightened consciousness rather than the ability to cope with suffering that comes with maturity. They also lack the kind amnesia of senility. In a way that is different from any other human relationship, a child is bone of his parents' bone, flesh of their flesh. When a child dies, part of the parent is buried. I met a man who was in his 70s, and during our first 10 minutes together, he brought out the faded photograph of a child out of his wallet, his child who had died almost 50 years earlier. I, I share all of that because to try to bring you into, you know, so often we read these stories and we're going for the lessons and the applications to our lives, but this was a real woman, as real as any of the women here, who had already lost, for whatever reason, her husband, the love of her life. She had one son, and now he is dead, and his body is cold, and it's being borne by their family and friends, and they're going through the gates to bury him. I mean, that's, her life is over. And it just so happens that in her grief and tears and anguish and agony and pain and crying as she's walking out the gate, Somebody else is walking in the gate, and it happens to be Jesus of Nazareth. And this day is going to be different than any day that the town of Nain or the village of Nain has ever seen. And so the compassionate heart of Jesus, look with me at verse 13. So we've got this scene, and here she is, a large crowd is following from the city was with her. Verse 13 says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, do not weep. Jesus saw and watched and observed this woman and in observing her, there may be some of you here tonight that are in pain, in agony, in emotionally. Uh, you may be going through something, a broken relationship, a loss of a loved one, the loss of who knows what, but it, it, it just grieves you and you carry as it were this darkness and weight wherever you are. And I want you to know one thing on the authority of God's Word. Jesus, who is alive and who is risen and who is there and who is in this story, is letting you know He sees exactly where you are. He, he, he doesn't just see it passively. That's the whole beauty of Jesus. Jesus puts flesh and blood and bone upon the immortal, you know, infinite, mysterious God. God in Jesus is saying, I see. And when I see a woman screaming with agony and loneliness and emptiness and pain and darkness and her life is over, I feel it and I care and I enter into it and I have compassion, immense compassion. In fact, Luke, the writer of this gospel, uses the strongest word in this language possible to describe Jesus' compassion. The root word comes and it literally describes what comes from your gut, uh, physically, from your, like your heart, your lungs, your liver. Uh, it is an emotion that has an immediate physical effect. And I think of another story of, of Jesus. You know the story of uh, 
Martha and Mary when their brother Lazarus had died. It seemed that they were family friends of Jesus. He would stay at their house because they lived very close to Jerusalem. And Jesus loved going to this family's house, two sisters and a brother. And they're weeping over Lazarus. And, and when Jesus saw those two sisters, Mary and Martha, weeping over the loss of Lazarus, who was Jesus' friend as well, in John eleven thirty three, it says, and Jesus was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. The word there in the Gospel of John where it says he was deeply moved comes from an ancient word describing a horse's snorting. It is, in other words, it indicated the Lord let out an involuntary gasp of air. It was like it took all the breath out of him. Jesus felt for these women, and the lesson and the reason this story is recorded is he wants you to know he feels for you and for me. He felt so much there was a physical reaction in his body, and his, this convulsive feeling gave way to tears in the Gospel of John about Lazarus. Jesus' heart is so soft, so tender, so compassionate. If only people knew and understood, it's big enough to embrace our sorrows. Jesus, when he comes up to this poor woman and sees her and he has this reaction, but his first words are, don't cry. And by that, and I put this into your notes, he's not telling her you need to suppress your feelings somehow. Jesus had no problem with expressing feelings that were appropriate for the moment. The reason he said don't cry is because he was setting her up for a miracle. You don't need to cry. Watch this. And then verse 14, look with me here. Then he came and touched the open coffin. I can't even begin to explain to you how, how radically, this is like, like, you know, starburst going off in your brain if you were an ancient religious Jew, let alone a religious Jew of today. You, you don't touch death, you don't touch corruption. You, you become unclean. Unless what you touch that was dead becomes alive. And that's what Jesus does. Then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. He says, stop. Can you imagine this? How cool would this be? Stops the march and the crying and everything, stop. And then he talks to the dead young man. He says, young man. So we know he wasn't an old, he wasn't an old man. He wasn't a geezer. He was a young guy. Like a lot of you young men out there. Young man, I say to you, arise. Now I'm reading out of New King James. That's kind of old English. Basically, putting it in modern English, Jesus said, young man, get up or wake up as if he were asleep. And so he who was dead, I love how simply it says this. I mean, you know, you would think everything goes in slow motion, dramatic, a lot of music, but no, it just says in verse 15, so he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him to his mother. Jesus, I love this. He went up and touched the coffin and those carrying it stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Can you imagine the shrieks? What was, she must have yelled, screamed. Could she make any sound? She hugs him. I mean, it must have been total chaos at that moment. Now here's what I wanna say to you. The young man was dead in body, but he was fully alive somewhere. Because for humans, death is only for the body, but the human spirit lives on. Why? You say, how do you know that? Because the young man heard the voice, though his body was dead, he heard the voice of Christ and had to obey his voice. 
Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country. I've listened to Pastor Ray teach about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, along with many stories from the Bible. I always appreciated how he taught from the Word of God and made it relatable and engaging. I'm glad that his ministry continues. To Pastor Ray's family, lots of love and hugs, and God bless always. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com, or post a comment on our homepage, www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. He was living in another dimension, but was called back into his dead body to live here upon the earth for a little while. And this young man sat up, blinked, looked around. And by the way, he was covered in a shroud. So how spooky would that be? A little shroud pops up, you know, like the haunted mansion at Disneyland or something. And then they take all that off and there he is and he's talking and he's brought back to his mother. This is a picture of our future as well. I love this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And I put this in your notes and maybe... This is the first time I thought of this verse about what we call the rapture of the church, but it really put it in a new context. This is the Lord's command to us and our personal resurrection when the Lord comes. Let's read it out loud. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air." And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Oh, man. How many of you cannot wait till you hear that command? Jesus. And you know, Revelation 4.1, when you have time later, read Revelation 4.1. I heard the voice, and it sounded so piercing like a trumpet that said, come up here. And it has been suggested by some Bible commentators that the, the shout of the Lord spoken of here in 1 Thessalonians 4 to those who are alive and remain on the earth will be, hey, come up here. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be caught up and we will be with the Lord. The very same voice that raised this poor man, this poor young man from his coffin. The very same voice that raised Lazarus from the dead saying, Lazarus, come forth. The voice of Jesus will shout. Now, Jesus, you know, has already resurrected. He is risen. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. But he has watched every person die for the last 2,000 years. How badly do you think he has, has waited to be able to use his power and authority to shout like a trumpet? And when he does shout and trumpet, come up here. His voice will be trumpeted into the depths of the sea, down to the roots of the mountains. It will vibrate through the molecules of the dust of the earth, and all who know Christ will hear it. And in a moment, hallelujah, we will instantly be with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Okay, come on. You guys got it. Come on, man. Woo! He's going to shout, and the ground is going to shake. The mountains will tremble. And the dead in Christ shall arise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, and we will forever be with the Lord. 
All right, in closing, verses 16 and 17. And no kidding, then fear came upon all. You know, if you went to a funeral and the dead guy came back to life, that would definitely change things. Fear came upon them all and they glorified God. I could hear a lot, you know, I'll bet you even your weirdest uncle that came that he's like so far away from God, if the dead guy came back to life, he'd be saying, man, glory to God, right? Who could argue with the dead being raised? And then fear came upon them all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen among us. They don't have yet enough revelation to know, hey, he's the Messiah. And guess what? The Messiah is God in the flesh. But to the light that they were given at that moment, they said, wow, a great prophet is with us. Why did they say that? Because over 500 years earlier, the prophet Elijah had gone to another small town, Zarephath, as Jesus had gone into Nain. When Elijah the prophet went to this little village and to the gates of the town, just as Jesus had, there was a woman who was a widow who had an only son who became ill and died. And here's what happened then. First Kings chapter 17, verse 19, and I'll just read it to you. The prophet said, give me your son because he had died and so he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. And then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child, how many times? One, two, or three? Three times. Any significance to the number three in Jesus? He rose on the third day. Here's an Old Testament prophet, stretched himself out, nose to nose, toes to toes, fingertips to fingertips three times and cried out to the Lord and said, oh Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then, after the third time, the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother and Elijah said, see, your son lives. And then the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. That's why Jesus raised this little boy also, this young man from the dead, to show that he was not only a prophet, not only had the power to raise the dead, but that his words were the truth and that they could trust in them. For he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, the only difference between Elijah and the, the resurrection of that boy, that widow's son, and Jesus is that Elijah stretched him out three times and asked the Lord to raise him. Jesus himself commanded, young man, get up. Young man, wake up. Young man, rise. He had the power himself to resurrect that boy from the dead. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And when the Lord speaks, even the dead hear him and respond and obey his voice. Therefore, let us follow the word of the Lord because the day will come should the Lord tarry and we hear his voice, we will be called up to be with him and we'll spend for eternity with him. I love this because Jesus, who has great compassion, also has great power. He loves you, he cares about you. And all that you go through, he wants you to just listen to his words and let them come alive in your heart. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to just ask, I want you to go before the Lord. Jesus is saying, I love you and I care for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, as you're, if you don't know, you know, let's say, God forbid, 
Something were to happen and you were to die and I don't know where I would go. Where would I spend eternity? You can know for sure tonight. You can know that when you die, you'll go to heaven. You can have your sins forgiven. You can spend eternity with God. Jesus said, I love you. Open the door of your heart and come into my life. He's always been with you. He loves you. He loves you more than your own mother, more than your own father. And, and ironically, he loves you more than you even love yourself. You may say, well, I don't love myself very much. Not anymore. Laden with guilt or shame or whatever. Jesus said, I love you. I died for you. I rose for you. Let me in. And I'll give you eternal life. Is there anybody that, that here that would say, you know what? Yes, Pastor Ray, pray for me. I want to go to heaven. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. I want my sins forgiven. I want my loneliness taken away, my emptiness taken away. I want to spend eternity with God. And I wonder if there are any of you that say, you know, I did that when I was a little boy. I did it when I was a little girl. I used to go to church. I used to feel close to God. I wanted to serve him, you know, one time in my life. But I, I fell away. I got hurt. I got wounded. I, I even got angry with God. And, and now I've, I've blown it every which way from Sunday. And I'm hurting it. I don't know what to do. And therefore I hang around on the outside, but I, I feel like I'm still an outsider. Can the Lord forgive me? Yes, that's why Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal, there's a prodigal daughters as well. Story of a young man who, you know, was young, full of himself, said, you know, dad, I wanna make it on my own. I'm gonna do my own thing and off he went. And for a while, it was great. He ended up in a, in a pig farm broken, empty, started walking home. Father sees him, you know the story, he throws a party, he, get the fatted calf, my son is home. If you have been away, you might feel like I am, am 10,000 miles away from God, it would be so hard, I, it's such a long journey back, I don't even know what to do. Guess what? You are not 10,000 miles away from God. The Lord follows you wherever you go, he's there. It's only one step back. And in fact, it's not even a step, just turn around. He's followed you, but you've had your back to him. Do you wanna recommit your life to him, turn around to him tonight? Do you wanna say, Lord, Father, sorry, I've way blown it, but if you will forgive me and give me a fresh start, I need the fresh touch of your forgiveness and acceptance and love. Father, I thank you for these, Lord, this story of resurrection. The young man that felt dead, but at the word of the Lord, even a dead man can hear when Jesus speaks. So Father, I pray that you would help these who are needy and hungry and thirsty and desirous and open, Lord, to receive all you have for them. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, closing with an important word of prayer. And if you've made a decision for the Lord today, allow us to offer some help as you begin living a new life with the Lord. Go to our website, raybentley.com, and click the word About. At the bottom of that page, we'll be glad to help you get started off right. Again, go to raybentley.com. Now, today's study here on Maranatha Radio is called The Voice of Resurrection. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. Again, raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. 
When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.